Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you so much for tuning in again. You're going to have to bear with me this episode, guys. I am doing a little bit of a brain dump on two topics this week instead of three, and I'm hoping to flesh them out as much as I can. I, as I know I said this super early when I started the podcast, that these episodes aren't scripted in any way. I just have like a couple of notes and bullet points that I want to go through. So obviously I am going to miss things and I'm, you know, it's so frustrating. Sometimes I'll record an episode and then an hour later I'll be like, oh, I should have said that, but I'm going to try and include as much about these topics as I possibly can. So just bear with me. Both topics are hefty, um, but I do try and listen to you guys as much as possible in terms of what topics you most want from me. And these two are big ones that I get a lot of questions about. So the first one being tips for uni students and people that are studying. Now, obviously that's super broad. So I'm going to touch on a few different aspects of that. That could be note-taking, studying, my different tips for when I would study at my most productive assignments, those kinds of things. Um, Or even more culturally, like the mindset that I was in, how much time I spent on campus, um, different things like that, that I found really helpful or that I think might help you guys if you are a university student or a college student um, that could, you know, make your experience a little bit easier. And my second topic is my favorite beauty products at the moment. Now, I get a lot of questions about this on TikTok mainly, and this is sort of skincare, makeup, fragrance, um, different little things like that, that I use at the moment that I love, um, their price points, where to get them, and how they've helped my skin or what they've done to make me just obsessed with them. So I hope that this can prove useful for some of you guys. I know that not everyone is a uni student, but I really do feel like a lot of my audience sort of lives a similar lifestyle to me, which is definitely, you know, consumed by uni and full-time work. So being my most productive is important when studying. So stay tuned. Okay, so jumping right into it, for any of you guys that are new here or haven't listened to some of my earlier episodes or don't know very much about me, um, I did do a Bachelor of Security Studies with a Bachelor of Law at university. I'm in the very, very, very tail end of that at the moment. I'm doing one unit this semester and one summer class, and then I am done, which is so exciting. Um, Anyone who studies knows that seeing that back end of the degree and the light at the end of the tunnel is just absolute bliss, Uh, particularly if you are working full-time at the same time. It can be all-consuming, but I do know how hard it can be to be studying, whether you're doing it alongside full-time work or part-time work. I've done both, and I know that both bring their own challenges. And at the end of the day, all we really want to get is our most productive study and the best grades we can with whatever's on our plate at the time and try and get the most out of our degree. So I just thought I'd lay it all out, just lay out some some things that at the end of the day were very helpful for me. I'm obviously not saying that this is, you know, the key to success for you, that you might love all these tips, you might like one of them, 
I hope that in some way they can be helpful. Um, I would say that I did quite well at uni. I, you know, wasn't getting HDs in every assignment, but I definitely had a great average. I'm not going to put you know what that is. I don't think anyone should compare themselves to anybody else. I would say more transparently, my grades were probably more consistently good when I was working part-time. I don't think that that's rocket science to work out why that might be. Working full-time and studying full-time is a huge amount to put on your plate and you know, something has to give. So I would say that my grades, sometimes I would do really well. Sometimes I would do more average and I would definitely have to pick and choose where my energy was going at that moment in time. So if you are one of those students that does have a lot on their plate at that point, like try not to beat yourself up, make sure you're putting your energy where it's best served at that moment. Always do your best. And I'm sure that it will at the end of the day, definitely be enough to get by or, you know, give you some things to improve on in the future. I know that I've definitely had those moments as well. So my first tip And this is more of a scheduling timetable tip. It's sort of just something to preface. Um, Obviously, I understand everyone's schedule and timetable looks different. And the flexibility that you can have is obviously very dependent on what your classes are for that semester. But something that I found really helpful, particularly when working part time, was I would try and schedule all my classes back to back in the one day. I know that sounds a little bit hectic, particularly if you're used to having more spread out classes, but I definitely found that if I was able to get that on campus, face to face, you know, hectic note taking, you know, in tutorials, class discussion component out of the way, I would have all the tools alongside my readings and my lectures to spend the rest of the week studying and getting my notes together and my content together rather than having it sort of all jumbled up over the week. Now, obviously I've had my semesters where that wasn't doable and that wasn't feasible. And I just, you know, the classes fall where they fall, but particularly not so much now because you've kind of run out of class (laughs) classes. You've only got what you have left, but particularly around sort of the middle of my degree where you had a bunch of electives to choose from. You still had a lot of core units to get through. You could kind of pick and choose what you did for that semester as long as it sort of fit within the mandatory units you had to get done and the electives. So that gave you a little bit more freedom to work your schedule around what best suited you. So I would definitely have played around a little bit to try and figure out what was going to best serve me that semester. I for a little while there, I know in an earlier episode, I mentioned that I was an intern for a while um, in financial crime and I was studying full-time at the same time. So I was in the office two, three days a week. So it was really integral that my classes could be squeezed in to one day and then I could spend all my spare time and any days off that I had studying, compiling notes, all of that. It definitely wasn't going to be feasible for me to be hip hopping to campus every other day. Um, Obviously, if you do have that flexibility, that's great. But if you are someone who doesn't, it can be really helpful to squish them all in. So it might be a day of pain, but it's out the way. Uh, The second tip that I have is discussing key topics. I know this sounds a little bit silly, but I'm a very verbal person and I always found it really helpful, particularly in my law units when the concepts were quite challenging at times or I felt like no matter what 
what I was saying or no matter how many times I read, you know, a chapter of a textbook or a reading, it just like wasn't getting in my head and I wasn't grasping it. Chatting to like my peers and other students about concepts after class or, you know, even if you add them on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, and you can have a chat about different themes in class and different topics that often would clear things up for me so quickly. Just being able to discuss ideas, hear other people's opinions on topics. I know that it can be really easy to isolate yourself in uni, particularly post-COVID. My university experience looked completely different after COVID than it did before COVID. I was... I can't remember, I'm going to be totally honest, guys, I can't remember the last time I went on campus, whereas pre-COVID campus was very much something, you know, it was a big part of my life and I was going, you know, to uni physically a lot more. So my face-to-face interaction with students was way easier. But I do think that if I was going to have any time of my degree where that was going to be most valuable, it was sort of in the earlier years where a lot of those foundational topics are really, really important the whole way through. And you don't realize how important they're going to be in in sort of the early mid part of your degree. Those foundational concepts are what you build the rest of the degree on. So getting those right and having a really good understanding of them was really important. So getting to discuss with people in person was so valuable. Or even if it's not in person, you can add them, talk to them later, whatever the case may be. If you're like me, you're sort of a verbal visual learner. Um, and you enjoy that aspect of learning. I do find talking through concepts easy. That's a tip that I would have. I feel like it was also a great way for me to expand my ideas and hear different opinions, which was very helpful. My third tip would be to learn how to study actively instead of passively. I know that sounds like sort of a you know meta concept, but reading a textbook can sometimes just not be enough. I really need to find ways for that information to resonate with me. I'm lucky in the sense that I feel like once I read something, it is somewhat in my head, like I can understand the general concept, but, you know, drawing mind maps or handwriting notes. I know that's super old school. A lot of people have like their fancy iPads and like those awesome note apps and stuff. Like, I don't know if I would do that if I started from square one now. I always found handwriting my notes to be really helpful. I guess you can still do that like on an iPad and stuff, but I mean, more like typing out your notes. It just didn't sink in the same way as handwriting notes. I I think that there actually is some science behind that as well, that like it does go into your brain a little bit easier when you are handwriting it. It's like an easier way to digest it. So I always found that if I wasn't getting a concept, I was, you know, I remember when I was living in my family home, doing the early stages of my degree, I had like butcher's paper over my wardrobe and I would write out concepts, mind maps, and they'd be up for weeks, particularly when it was like in preparation for assignment season, you know, and the big assessments were coming or exams were coming. I was just writing mind maps and trying to find ways to get concepts in my head and handwriting them and making it visual for me was a really great way to digest particularly more difficult concepts that I was just, it just wasn't happening or I needed to see it in order to fully get how everything meshed together. Because often these concepts, particularly if you're doing like 13 week or 12 week semesters, concepts from week one, how they link to concepts in week eight and how week eight links with week 13, like they're not meant to be digested in silos like these weeks yes every week might be a different chapter or a different cluster of readings about a different 
theme, but all of them are meant to link together. And at the end of the day, that's what your assignments and exams are designed for is how you can integrate all those concepts and apply them in a cohesive way. So being able to visually see how these themes linked together was something that I felt was really helpful for my grades, was helpful for me to digest concepts, you know, all of those things. Um, My fourth one, fourth, I want to say we're up to four. We're going to roll with that. Fourth one was to read and understand before writing my assessments. This was a learned skill for me. I'm a little bit, um, my brain goes faster than my typing does. And sometimes I would get something in my head about what I wanted my assignment to be on and I'd already sort of mapped it out. But there were probably some sources and some concepts that I disregarded in order to make that work. Or I just thought, oh, I've got enough to complete that assignment. But something that would have made it much more well-rounded was to digest absolutely everything, still figure out the key themes, and then I could use some of the other ones in a, in less of a substantive way, but it did create more critical analysis in your argument. You could have some more pros and cons, not always weeding out concepts that don't inherently mesh with your argument. That's what, you know, anyone that's at uni knows that what makes your essay or your assignment really stand out and tick the rubric is that critical analysis. That's what they're looking for from uni students. It's not just describe something to me, it's critically analyze or assess the effectiveness of or whatever the case may be giving that pro con depth was what made assignments good or exams good so trying to read and understand all of the information all the readings all the lectures get all the information before I started to develop a concept for my argument so that I didn't subconsciously weed out ideas and themes because I just thought, oh, I've got enough. Like I don't need to know those because I'm not going to include them in my assignment. It just sort of didn't make for a particularly robust and well thought through argument at times. And it is a learned skill. It's one of the things you learn at uni. That's why you're there. You're meant to learn how to critically analyze things. So don't expect to get that straight off the bat. It took me, I don't even know how long, like Obviously, these skills are honed with time. So if you are a new starter at uni, don't expect to have this down. It took me a while to understand what makes a good essay versus what doesn't, how to critically analyze things. And every class and assignment will allow you to refine those skills. So don't stress about that. My fifth tip is to read my assignments out loud. That is something I without fail do every single time if it's mumbling them to myself or actually reading them to someone I don't think I've bothered Tom with that too much in the years that we've been together I I think I've read a few assignments out loud to him and he's always just like that sounds good to me but I have no idea what the heck you're talking about so that's just great I guess but I'm not 100% sure if any of what you said was right but sounded good to me Um, I know that I would try and read assignments to my mom and similarly, you know, sounds good to me kind of thing. Like some things she would, you know, be able to pick up on in terms of not so much the content. You're not expecting people to understand the content, but even just if something flows, you know, something flows well, does it make sense? You know, just explaining if there's a better way to say that argument, you know everyone had been to uni so they could kind of understand it but you know whether they have or haven't just reading something aloud to someone 
getting them to see if it makes sense or is digestible can be really helpful. But even if it's not to someone else, just reading the assignment out loud to you, I think is really helpful because it just, I don't know, sometimes you think something on paper is really helpful, but then you read it out loud and you're like, that made no sense. I don't know where in my head I thought that that was a good, well-constructed sentence, but that's not a thing. But if I hadn't read it out loud, I think potentially I could have overlooked the fact that it was a run-on sentence or I kind of made the point really wishy-washy or I could make that more refined. I think you do have to read it out loud sometimes to fully get that. My last tip, I know that I've already waffled on for nearly 20 minutes, don't mind me. Um, My last tip, and this is actually a really, really big one for me. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not one of those lucky people that can have like TV on in the background or a podcast on in the background. So if you're trying to study and you're listening to me, like power to you. (laughs) I never had that ability. I was never able to listen to people talking or anything when I studied and fully digest what I was reading or writing. So I also struggle to this day to just be in silence. It's not one of my, you know, it's not a skill that I have. I always need to have noise happening in the background. I'm someone who's always got the TV on a show playing in the background or a podcast. So I hate just sitting in silence and studying. So I would always have classical music on. It was just something that really helped me. Uh, It doesn't have to be like old school classical if that's not your thing, but more just like instrumental music. I, in recent times, would listen to like the Bridges and soundtrack over and over um, because it doesn't have any lyrics. It's not going to distract me. Um, And I, I know that there are studies as well about classical music to increase focus and productivity when you are studying or, or trying to digest information. So it is backed by science that classical music and music without lyrics can really enhance your focus. So if you haven't tried that, give it a go. Even if it's not your thing, just try and see if it helps, particularly if you are someone like me who really does struggle to sit in silence, whether you're studying or not. It's just not my thing. So give that a crack. I hope some of these tips were helpful. I understand that I haven't covered everything. And obviously, please reach out to me on TikTok, Instagram, wherever. If you're a uni student, I get messages regularly from you guys saying, you know, this is my situation. Do you have any tips for ABCD? I'm more than happy to go into more specifics if you have any questions or a more specific, you know, issue that you need help with or guidance on um, relating to like uni studying or anything like that, um, feel free to reach out. Okay, jumping in to the next topic, which is my favorite beauty products at the moment. I'm going to deep dive into ones that I know I'm saying at the moment, but that I have used enough of to know if they're any good, if that makes sense, rather than saying, you know, I got this last week and I think it's great, but I haven't really had enough time to know if it's effective. So I just want to preface, I have used these products for a while and I know that they work. Um, So you can rest assured that for some of the more expensive ones, for me, these are amazing and they're super effective and I love them. Um, I will preface whenever something's gifted because I just feel like it's ethical for me to do that. But I just want to say that 99% of this isn't gifted. So I think there's a few that were, but I'll say that anyway. 
Um, anything Dermalogica, which I'll start with, has been gifted, but I'm under no obligation to talk highly of it or post it or anything like that. But I happen to adore it. It just works for my skin. Dermalogica is the only skincare brand really bar like one or two products that I use. Um, not because it's gifted, but because it's the only products that work for my skin. I've tried a heap of different skincare products over the years and it just, it nothing gels. And also I'm someone who really gets frustrated, particularly if I've spent a lot of money on a product or I've tried a bunch of different things and I feel like there's no tangible or obvious difference. I just am like, why bother? I've like put all this effort in and I've used it for three weeks and nothing's different. So for me, Dermalogic is one of the only brands I've ever used where there's been like an obvious difference. The products for me that have been the most effective, I'm just going to list a couple, uh, was the vitamin C serum. I use that Uh, day and night so before I go to bed and first thing in the morning completely wakes my face up there's a noticeable difference straight away not even after a little while but right after I use it the next one is I've been cycling retinol um I think when I knew I was about to hit 25 I was like I think we introduce retinol into the skincare routine now I'd seen one too many memes about it before I started to feel like I was being personally attacked so I've added a retinol oil. Um, if you are looking to get this exact one, I know that tons of brands do them. So I'm sure you could find one with a similar uh, effectiveness or concentrate of retinol. But this one comes in like a little blue bottle with a silver dropper. And it's a retinol oil. I use that sort of twice a week. And I also have an overnight retinol repair, which I use much less frequently because it's a concentrate. Um, probably like once or twice a month. And that completely changed the texture and con- um, of my skin. Retinol was not a quick fix for me. I just want to preface that if you are someone who hasn't tried retinol before or is considering trying retinol, it's uh, in many ways preventative, but it for me does have a noticeable difference on my skin after a few weeks. Um, originally, when I first started trying retinol, it was very drying I have oily combination sort of skin. I definitely am not on the drier side, but it completely dried my skin out and I would find that I would have certain patches of skin that were very dry. But I also read that that's a part of the journey of incorporating retinol into your skin. So not to get too, you know, put off by it when that happens, it is common and it does happen a lot. So for me, I push through, even though it's so challenging, all you want to do is just be like, this doesn't work for me. Like, why am I going to keep putting my skin through this? But I pushed through and after probably, I want to say six to eight weeks, my skin was loving it, completely different. And I highly recommend it. If you are willing to put in the time, spend the money on retinol, um, I highly recommend pushing through. The last Dermalogica product I love is the Skin Smoothing Cream. I've never met a person who isn't obsessed with this cream who has tried it. It really does make your skin feel like a baby's bum. I love it. It's a little bit exy, but if you are, you know, not wanting to spend that much on like a moisturizer, get the smaller version. It still lasts so, so long. So the smaller version will go the distance if you just want to try it or you don't want to spend that much on a cream. I totally, totally get it get the smaller one. It does the job for ages. Another product I love is Skin Vice, which is a brand and they have a skin tint. 
Um, I was gifted that product as well, just a disclaimer, but um, I'm just about to buy my next bottle because I've gone through it and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Again, under no obligation to say that, but I absolutely love it. Foundation for me can be a little bit hit and miss. Uh, so a skin tint is perfect. Depending on the season, what I'm doing, I tend not to love heavy makeup. It's just something that doesn't work for me. I feel like I feel it on my face all day and there's nothing worse. I feel like my skin's going to crack when I have too thick a makeup on. So for me, a skin tint is perfect, but I find that this gives me the perfect combination of lightweight and coverage. So it's not just like, you know, one of those tinted moisturizers where you just go, what was the point of me even putting that on? It didn't cover anything, but you know, you want that lightweight feel. Skin by Skin Tint, highly recommend it if you're looking for one. Uh, my, I've, <laughs> anyone who's followed me on socials, I do post a lot about Lure the Label Eyebrow Gel, which is my friend Rachel's brand. And she does an amazing, amazing eyebrow gel. I posted it in my most recent Instagram post. If you want to try it out, it's very similar to the Refi Eyebrow Gel, which I know, you know, the soap brow trend. It's all the rage, but I've, I sort of, I don't like that crazy, like you put your finger in an electrical socket <laughs> eyebrows, you know, that straight up like laminated look completely. But I feel like it gives me that look without the commitment and I feel like I can tailor it perfectly. It comes with this gorgeous brush on the end and you can sort of shape your brow perfectly. It stays all day. Quite literally, my sister uh, said to me today, what do you use on your eyebrows? And I was like, lure the label. It's amazing. Highly, highly recommend it. It's super affordable, quick shipping. Love it. The next product that I've been loving is the Emco Beauty Mega Balm. I bought this at Woolies. Obsessed. I am one of those people where when I find a lip balm that I love, I am layering that on all the live long day. <laughs> like I'll just be carrying it around with me all day, just layering it on even when I just put it on. It smells amazing. And I know that's so silly, but it's equally moisturizing and smells beautiful. It's a mega balm, so it's massive, but it's awesome. I'm pretty sure it's like a multi-purpose balm, so you can use it on like, you know, anything, but I use it on my lips, obsessed. The next thing is, I'm sure you've already heard of this, but you know, the Baccarat Rouge uh, fragrance, which is like $360. I've smelt it. It's amazing. I don't know what it is, but for me, I am always looking for a fragrance dupe. I love getting fragrances as gifts, but there's something about it, like me going and buying a really expensive fragrance just feels like a real luxe purchase. And I feel like I've only done it a few times in my life where I've gone and bought an expensive perfume for myself. I love getting gifted it. I think it's a great present, but you know, if your family's looking for something to give you, sometimes I'm like fragrance, that's a good one. But if you love that scent, which I do, the Ariana Grande cloud perfume, Honestly, you lined those up, gave me two samples, couldn't tell you the difference. Um, you heard it. I'm telling you, <laughs> could not tell the difference. You have no idea how many times someone has said to me, are you wearing like Baccarat Rouge? I'm like, no, Ariana Grande. And there's something, it feels good to say that. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, some people would like gatekeep that. I'm like, no, no way. Ariana Grande, 30 bucks, Chemist Warehouse obsessed. It's not for everyone. I get that the scent isn't for everyone, but if you are like me and love that scent, but once you run out of the actual Baccarat Rouge, you're like, I don't know if I can go buy that for myself right now. It just feels like a little bit too much of a luxe purchase. I'm going to wait for a birthday to roll around or Christmas or 
one of those Wednesday presents people give, you're like, give me that. But if you love the smell regardless, get the Ariana Grande one. My next one, anyone in my life will be so sick of me saying this. Like anyone that I've been friends with for a long time knows that I've literally used this lipstick since high school and I'll probably use it until the day I die. It is the Revlon Matte Lipsticks. They come in those little oval sort of looking tubes and I use the shade Devotion. If you ever see me ever, I'm using that lipstick. I promise you, I've tried everything. I've tried MAC. I've tried every brand of lipstick possible. I always end up coming back to Revlon matte lipstick in the shade Devotion. You can thank me later. My next one is I've recently been using Bali Body Gradual Tanner. I know I mentioned this in, I can't even remember which episode, but I've said that in an episode before. I'm a religious self-tanner, but lately I've, I love loving tan. If you're looking for like a darker tan that develops over that eight hour period, loving tan works really well for me. But lately I've been trying to give my skin a little bit of a break and, you know, in preparation for summer, try to allow it to breathe. And I've been using Bali Body's Gradual Tanner. Obsessed. Doesn't fade badly you know when you put fake tan on and you know a gradual tan I can sometimes get patchy in certain areas it doesn't at all it fades beautifully I can put sort of one layer on on a Monday another layer on on a Thursday if I'm going out on the weekend and I want to have like a little bit more color it does the job it's not super overwhelming it doesn't rub off onto anything if you're looking for a little bit of a glow but don't want to commit to a super dark tanner that is one for you Oh, I'm realizing I'm just waffling on, guys. I've nearly hit the 30-minute mark and I'm just like on a roll. But to wrap up a few more, um, I was gifted this product, but the Estee Lauder Supercharged Eye Cream. I use this every single night without fail. I'm obsessed with it. I'm not hitting pan on it yet, but when I do, I'm going to buy it. I know it's expensive. I don't care. Um, It's so effective. I love it. I automatically notice a difference in my eyes. The next day I look refreshed. I'm prone to puffiness. I feel like it really helps around my eyes when I use this. And to wrap up, last product, I know I said on my last episode this one as well, but I don't care. I'm going to really drum at home. I do my own nails. I've been using the Essie Gel Polish. Oh my God, guys, it's amazing. I've, I've realized something that I wasn't doing, but they have a specific top coat for it. I've been using a different top coat, but you get the top coat for those nail polishes, like in the Essie range. Oh my God, it's, it stays on all week, one chip. It's fantastic. If you're someone who does their nails at home, I highly, highly recommend the Essie gel polish, not the regular one, but the gel one, game changer. Thank you guys so much if you stayed with me through those two brain dumps. I get that they were a little all over the shop at times, but it's okay. Hopefully you managed to keep track with me through those. Um, I hope that in some ways, either one of those topics was helpful for you. And as always, you're welcome to reach out to me on the Kindest Regards pod Instagram or my Instagram, Catherine Ray Robinson. If you have any questions, topics for future episodes that you want to hear from me or just general comments, I love to hear from you guys as always. So thank you so much for listening and I will chat to you guys soon.